I feel like skateboarding has given so much to me and like it's my lifestyle at this point and to anyone else in the world if they have access to something like a skateboard and can find meaning in their life through that like that's amazing welcome to the just women sports podcast where we talk to the biggest athletes in the world about the untold stories behind their success i'm kelly o'hara and my guest today is lizzie armanto In the world of professional skateboarding, Lizzie is something of a unicorn as both a world-class skater and cultural trailblazer. She's won over 30 awards, including multiple X Games medals, and will be competing in Tokyo when skateboarding makes its Olympics debut. Only the third female skater to ever land on the cover of Thrasher magazine, Lizzie was the first woman ever to complete Tony Hawk's 360-degree loop. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Where are we finding you today? I'm at home in Long Beach. Nice. Good weather. Yeah, it's almost too good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm really excited to have you here today um, and have you on just because I'm interested to see the similarities and differences that we're going to come up with between you know me being a soccer player, you being a professional skateboarder. And the, I think one of the most interesting things is how unscripted the path is to becoming a pro skater. Whereas with soccer, it's like very scripted. You're a unicorn in the skating world. You're good at everything. You win contests. You're going to the Olympics. Uh, You have major street cred for all the videos you've been in and the magazine covers. So to start off, how did you get into skating? Well, I started skating in Santa Monica and it was when I was like 14. And I have a younger brother and he's like six years younger than me. And he wanted to try skating and we'd own skateboards, but it was literally to butt board down the hill we lived on before. And then... Wait, you were you were 14 when you started skateboarding? Like when I started learning how to like actually skate, well, like stand up okay. on it and be like, oh, like yeah. we're going to go skate somewhere. Okay. And pretty much my mom signed us up for our local park. It was like a mile down the street we lived on. And it just kind of became like our after school place. That's sweet. Is is 14 late? Because I feel like in most like extreme sports, kids start younger. They get into it and it's kind of like you you don't have any fear. So you try things and you get good at it at a young age. But 14 seems late to me. 14 is definitely late. Like if I'm comparing myself to like a lot of the other people that like have a career in skateboarding, like most of them have like had a skateboard for as long as they've known to walk. Or maybe even before. And totally. we totally see that today. Like that's super common. And they even make boards for little kids. But I think at the time, I didn't really have like my own thing. Like I was into arts and crafts and stuff. But obviously I was also like athletic, but I just didn't have anything to really channel that. And I think when I found skateboarding, it was just like, there's so much uh, creative freedom that you can do. Like you can pretty much just do your own thing at the skate park. Like there's no rules. You just go and skate and sometimes like going and skating like involves like sitting down and hanging out and then other times it's just like not sitting down for the whole day yeah totally when did it go from oh this is a hobby hanging out with my little brother going onto the park to like this is my thing I want to say like around that age I don't know you know like any teenager is just like kind of trying to find themselves I would go to the skate park with my brother but like you go do your own thing I'm gonna like go do my thing And I don't know, like it just kind of became the place that I wanted to be. And I would just push myself and 
I think in the beginning, like I didn't learn tricks and stuff. I wasn't good, but I was just having fun. And then at some point I started getting boards from a local like company, Santa Monica Airlines. And the team manager had asked me if I wanted to go skate this contest in Orange County. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then it ended up being like the biggest full pool contest of the year. And like, and you had no idea. Well, when I started going there and seeing like the people that were like skating and like, like practicing for this event, I was like, this is crazy. And I was into it. And then that was like my first taste of the industry and like the contest scene. So that was your first competition that that you got into. Yeah. And that was two years after I'd like just started skating. That's crazy. I feel like that's a very big leap from just like going to the skate park to then entering a competition. It is. But then at the same time, like I feel like the Santa Monica skate park, there was pros that went there. It had the biggest skate scene for like the area. I remember on like Wednesdays and like Fridays, like it would get packed and like it was like a zoo. And if you're a kid, you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. Was it intimidating going to the skate park as one, kind of like a rookie, a newbie in the sport and you're getting your feet wet and learning, but then on top of it, being a female and being in a place that's at that point, probably predominantly male. I know that it's changing, but was, was that intimidating? I mean, I feel like when you're like younger, like I want to say like I was like a young 14. Like I didn't care about going to the mall. And for sure, going to the skate park and having my brother, like I really just felt like, oh, like he's with me. I'm not by myself. Or like eventually my neighbor started skating with me. And like there's like a handful of girls. And like for me, the focus wasn't like, oh, like I'm the only girl here. I stick out like a sore thumb. It was mostly like everyone's here on their own terms and like was there to go skate. And I was like, yeah, I'm here doing the same thing as everyone else. Do you feel like being in that environment helped you to kind of excel quickly because you were around all of these professional skaters and in like what you said is the best scene in terms of skating on the West side? For like Santa Monica, like LA area. Yeah, definitely that influenced me because just seeing that high level of skating, like I just thought it was normal. Like everyone does these things. I even remember like learning a trick. I was like, whoa, like that was crazy. Like I only thought people that were like really good did that. And then I was like, I guess I can do it. There's this like weird revelation almost. Totally. Like I think in your head, you can make up these invisible barriers. At some point you just do these things. Like most of the time at the skate park, I remember I would just like skate with a lot of the older guys and they'd be like trying things here and there and be like, oh, I'm going to try that too. And you just like push each other. Yeah. So when you're learning, especially in the early stages, when you're still getting fundamentals, was it like you see somebody do a trick, you want to do that and you just watch them and kind of learn from visuals? Or we've had another podcast where we talked to Chloe Kim, professional snowboarder, and there's a lot of visualization in the mind of like practicing it before you try it. Or were you, are you the type that You'll see somebody else do something and you're like, oh, that's sweet. I want to do it too. And then you just go try it. What's the progression like to learn a trick? Like one, when you see it, sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. If you're going there every day and you're like seeing the same faces, you're just like, hey, I see you every day. Like at some point you guys are friends and then you're just like, how do you do that? I think I could do it. And then the rest is like you just going for it and trying it. 
And a big part of that is like being able to visualize yourself doing these like new things. And like in, in skateboarding, especially for someone that's like starting from ground zero, like just getting like a drop in is like a big deal. And then you like start learning new tricks. And it's always that mindset of pushing yourself or like maybe your friends like doing something new and you're just like inspired. So when did you decide you wanted to be a pro skater? So you've been, you skated for two years and then you said you got hooked up with like a local shop. They gave you boards or they, they brought you to the competition. How did that work? So it was a board company and they had like pros and stuff. I think if you get into skating, I feel like any little kid or anybody would be like, oh, the idea of being like paid to just like go ride a skateboard. Like that sounds awesome. Like wh- what's not to like about that? And so I think in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, this would be cool. But then I never really put that much thought into it just because at the time there wasn't other females or like there still isn't like a specific path to follow, but it's definitely more accessible and like manageable. And what was the roadmap back then? Or was there any? Were you just kind of winging it? For me, back then there wasn't people just like living off skateboarding. Like the few people that maybe were were the people that skated contests. And even then, like the contest prize purses were like really sad, especially when you'd compare them to the men's. And for me, I I just, I started skating contests and then I like met more people in the industry and, you know, in time, like if you just keep progressing and like doing your own thing, like people take notice and then they like start flowing you. And it got to the point where I was like flowed by a bunch of companies. Does flow mean sponsored? Yeah. Okay. So in, let's say that I'm a board company and like you're ripping and like, I have this team going and then like, I want to send you some product, but that doesn't mean you're on the team because we're just like hooking you up because we think you're cool. And it could just end at like, Hey, you got one box or whatever, or it could be like, Oh, whenever you need boards, just like ask us. And then eventually it'll be like, Hey, You've been writing for us and we think you're really cool and we want to market you. So we're making you am. And now you're like an amateur on the team. Okay. Okay. And then once you're amateur on the team and you like prove yourself through like either events or video parts or just like ripping, then at some point they surprise you or most of the time they surprise you with like a board and it has your name on it and like a really cool graphic. And like, then you're a professional and you have your name on a board. Okay. Fascinating. That's so interesting. So you go from almost being like trial period, we're going to send you free stuff. And then they make you am, which is amateur. But you get paid. You do. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Because you're getting marketed. Okay. So you're getting marketed. And, and then if they like you enough, if they're like, oh yeah, we want this girl or this person on our team then you become pro. Yeah. That's so crazy. So, so what like was that? Whatever like company, like let's say you're, you're right. Like what, what shoes do you wear? I wear Under Armour. Okay. So they're like, yeah, okay. You're pro, like here's your own shoe. Okay. So am you're just like repping somebody else's board or a board in the company. Yeah. And then much. pro, you get you're your, own, your board. own board. Yeah. And then oh, you have like a say so in your sweet. graphics and all these things. That's awesome. So I can buy a Lizzie Armanto board out there. Yeah. Sweet. So I had my whole like skateboard set up 
and I could just like get as many as I needed. And like I had shoes, I had pretty much everything you needed, but there was no um, financial backing to it. Like the men's side might have. And I remember I was going to community college. I was just like, this is what you do. You graduate high school and then you go to college and figure out what you want to do with your life. And I was like, dang, skating is way more fun. And like, I was doing good at contests. By 2010, I was like winning most of the events I was going to. And then by the end of 2013, I was not really doing that good at school because I was still trying to like skate events, but then still focusing on school and trying to like send in like assignments by deadlines on different time zones. It was crazy. And there's people that do that. That go to school and are professional skaters. Yeah. Or there's people that like are professional skaters that like fully went to college and like have a full backup plan. If you're smart, you do that. (laughs) Obviously, skateboarding, like there's so many stories of people at like whatever age, they just stop going to school. And I don't know, like I don't, I don't think that's like the way to go. Did you finish college? So end of 2013 I was like okay I'm gonna film a video part and then like the first time I went to go film I like fell like warming up and I like tore my PCL and I didn't know it at the time like I just slammed really hard and I was like something's wrong and it doesn't feel like it should feel at all and so pretty much I like end up getting an MRI and then eventually finding out like okay don't have a PCL you don't have to get surgery for it and so I was like okay I just need to go to like PT and get stronger and from that point I was like okay I'm gonna quit school and just go to PT and then pursue skateboarding and make it like my goal to like see if this is gonna work out and I told my parents and my my mom was like and my stepdad they're just like so you're hurt and you can't skate and you want to focus on skating and I was like yeah like I'm not I'm not doing school they're like why don't you just take more classes you can't skate and I was just like no I'm not doing it I was just about to ask if you sat down your parents or your family and said like, here's the deal. I want to be a pro skater. And it's crazy that you did it when you got hurt. And the reaction probably like, wasn't like you're saying, wasn't the best. No, it wasn't. But then at the same time, like my mom, I feel like she's very independent. And so like, she's also headstrong to a certain degree and so I have a tinge of that and I was like yeah like I'm your daughter I'm gonna do this totally that's I mean I have so much respect for that that you like being in almost a valley of life and then deciding like no this is actually what I want to pursue even when you're kind of back against the wall injured having to do PT and you make the decision to go pro yeah it was especially for the time like when there was just like I don't know, you're kind of just in a desert where you're just like, yeah, there's no one else doing this. Like, good luck. But Did you have people in the skate scene that you looked up to in terms of females? So really there wasn't anybody who's doing it like you wanted to do it? There was definitely girls at the time who were like ripping and like, it was kind of around the time when like X Games had like vert contests and then they had like men's and women's vert. But then it was about the time when they like had just canceled everything. Canceled everything, sorry, on the women's side or in On general? the women's side. Okay. So they didn't even have vert or there were no competitions for the women or it was just vert? I mean, X Games was the only competition where like they paid decent money. And I was like, okay, they just cut us out. And like, I never even got to skate the vert contest. 
and vert wasn't even my forte like i got into that a little bit later but can you explain what vert is because people will listen and not yeah of course so vert is like half pipes like (laughs) it's pretty much just yeah like it looks like a u perfect (laughs) what i skate is just like so many different mixed obstacles and then there's street which is like there's people that jump downstairs or jump on handrails so x games is like kind of like cutting the vert and there's like park skating kind of coming up back then it was like mostly pool skating they'd have bowl and pool events and this is coinciding with you deciding i want to go be pro and pursue this Yeah. But even at the time, like I said, the women that were skating, like they weren't being like fully backed up by their sponsors to like have this be their career. Like a lot of them had like jobs that they were working on the side and then they'd go skate pro events when they would come around. And if they got like extra money or if the event would pay for them to get there and back, like that was enough. Crazy. So, okay. At what point in the flow am and then pro, at what point were you like, okay, I have it. Like, was that when you got hurt? When did you realize, like, I can go really far in this? Like I said, I got hurt and I ended up going to physical therapy. And I also got a manager, which is like not common for the time. And especially in skateboarding. I think it's important, like each person manages their relationship with their sponsors. But also when it comes time to like do deals and stuff, I don't want to be the one saying like how much I'm worth. A lot of that stuff's over my head. It's uncommon to have a manager. Now it's common. Okay. But at that time, skateboarding was like still a different world. Yeah. So what made you decide to get one? I was just getting miscellaneous like uh, emails from different like companies or like events and things. And I had like all these opportunities and I just didn't know how to navigate them all. It's like not by myself. And so I just felt like it was the time. So I found my manager and then... He reached out to all my sponsors who I was getting product from, but no one was paying me. And like, so you were flowing at that point. Yeah, I was just, I was just on flow for. Okay, on flow. <laughs> yeah, and then he like helped negotiate, like, hey, so let's get Lizzie paid, and how can we move forward and like figure out like where she fits on this program? Because back then they weren't marketing to women at all, like women's skateboarding. Like it was so small. But then at the same time, I've had friends who worked for shoe brands and like the women's category they like would start to like do marketing for and it would be like the fastest to grow but then it would be first to get cut when like there came budgets that's crazy so there's a whole generation of skaters including you that have created and like ridden this wave of exploding women skateboarding what do you think has led to this shift it's been like a big meet in the middle like I think part of it is like women's anything a lot more attention has been put towards that like I feel like now more than ever in history it's been like the best time to be a woman there's so many like positives going on and that and then also like sponsors kind of figuring out like how to like communicate and like have like that relationship yeah makes sense so we got connected to you through Tony Hawk, which what a legend. And I know he's a mentor of yours. How important has that relationship been for you? Tony's been super awesome just in the sense of like, or actually after like, I have to backtrack a little bit. So I told you like in the beginning, I was riding for like this local company, like Santa Monica Airlines and getting boards. And then my close friend 
uh, Jeff Grosso. He was a pro in the 80s and like pretty much like skated his whole he life. He seemed amazing. Yeah. I remember he asked me like, like if you want to be on any company, what company would you be on? And I, at the time I like looked at all the companies and I was just like, where would I fit? Cause at the time, like there wasn't women on core companies and street skating was really popular. So like not even my discipline was like, obviously it existed, but it wasn't like how it is today coverage wise. And I thought about birdhouse, which is Tony's company. And it was cause like, Oh, they have transition and they have street. And I just felt like it was like a balanced team. And I reached out to like friends of friends and I was like, yeah, like I want to get on birdhouse. Like, can someone just like tell somebody that knows somebody there? And like, a bit later, like Tony reached out to me and I got on the team and I had seen him at the skate park before, but it's not like just because there's some person at the skate park that, you know, it's not like, oh yeah, we're friends. He said hi to me and introduced himself. So how did you, but how'd you get connected with him? Just through like friends of friends. And he early on was like, yeah, I want to like flow you boards. And like, I also like, I want to put you on the team and like, eventually I want to have you on the team with everyone, which wasn't a thing at the time. So you eventually end up becoming pro for Birdhouse. Yeah. So now a few years later, I was working on a video part with Thrasher and it came out. And then right um, around that same time, they like surprised me with the board. And I was living right next to my friend who has a vert ramp and she always has sessions there. And I remember like Tony was like, yeah, we're going to do like my intro at like the vert ramp come by at this time. And I was like, I had slammed so hard the week before and I was like still messed up. And I was like, oh, Tony's intro part. I guess I just like have to go there to like show face. I'll just show up late because like all the dudes are always late. And I'm like, I can't really skate right now. And my boyfriend is also a pro skateboarder and he knows they're going to like surprise me with the board. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm just like taking my time and str- I like, I didn't know this, but I'm like stressing him out and he just has to figure out how to get me out of the house. Yeah eventually I show up and everyone's like really nice to me and I'm just like oh this is sick like well everyone's here and I like try to go skate and like on my first run I slam just like doing something super basic and then on the next run I like try to do something and then I end up like bailing and then sliding off the vert ramp like I was like okay like I'm having a day I think I just need to chill like Tony has to like film his thing like I'm gonna go sit down and then I just remember like Tony's wife ends up trying to like sit down and like talk to me. And so just to get me to like stay in one place. And obviously I don't know anyone's like choreographing any of this. Like they're just like, keep Lizzie on the ramp. And then people are skating and then Jeff is skating and then he falls and he like is just getting off of like a back surgery from like earlier in the year or, or maybe a neck surgery. And I was just like, oh God, Jeff fell. And then Tony is walking from behind him and he's like, Jeff, are you okay? Jeff, you okay? And then Jeff's just like walking all slow. And I'm just like, what's going on? And then Jeff pulls out the mag and like, it's the thrasher where like, I'm on the cover and it's at that ramp. That's and so then sweet. I was just like, oh, this is crazy. Were you shocked? Yeah, just because it looked Photoshopped to me at first. Really? <laughs> just because there isn't girls on mags. Like last time there was a girl on the cover of thrasher was like when I was a baby. No like, way. I was probably born like, two or three months before it. So it's been a long time. Yeah, that's crazy. Can you, not to interrupt your story, because I know what happens next, but I the, the Thrasher cover is totally unique to the world of skateboarding. And any other sport magazine's covers are nice, but 
like Thrasher is a genuine accomplishment. So can you explain what that means like in the world of skating to be on the cover of Thrasher? Being on the cover of Thrasher is pretty much like, it's like being on the cover of the Bible, like in skateboarding <laughs> terms. And That's so good. It's just one of those things that like, there's so many deserving people that like, should be on a cover and like that does, like not everyone there's only 12 covers a year you know yeah and so it's just it's such an honor to like be a part of that and to be like highlighted for sure okay so you get presented the cover of thrasher you're the first female skater on it since you were a baby and then what happens and then tony comes up and then he just pulls this deck from behind his back and it's my board and I don't know just kind of like frozen I feel like when all these things happen I just don't know how to process it and then like all of a sudden my mom comes out and then I just like I just start crying but it was so cool to like just see everyone there and I feel like that's the moment if you want to be a pro skateboarder that you wait for and I got like kind of a double in the sense that I got like the thrasher cover and a board with my name on it at the same time yeah it's I mean it's that sounds like uh, amazing day in your career for sure. So what I find interesting is like those two things, I guess in, in soccer, if you had like your custom cleat come out or something like that, that'd be pretty sweet. And like, obviously being on a magazine cover is cool, but in skating, it like means so much more because skating is so much about culture, but then you also have this juxtaposition of competing and, you know, you won X games, Barcelona, 2013, you won gold. So can you compare, like, wh- what was that experience like? And how do you weigh those two different things, competing and then, like, culture accomplishments? I've spent so much more time, like, competing that I'm like, oh, like, I kind of just know how it all works. Like, you know, like, with a game, like, you just, you know the ins and outs of it, and it's just a matter of, like, everything coming together and, like, being in sync for it to, like, work, and then, like, you know, you come out on top. For sure. And like, I guess in my head, a way, the way that I like digest, like competing is like, you just have to do 15 minutes of your best or like whatever, 20 minutes, like whatever the final is. And then if you end up being ranked first, then cool. But I pretty much just set like this thing in my head of like, if I can do these things, then I've done my best. And if like, whatever the judges choose. I have an idea of where I'm at with things, but then in the end, like if I just do my personal best, that's what matters. What did that mean to you to win gold in the X Games? For me, winning X Games in 2013, it was like a huge deal just because it was the debut of Women's Park. And like I said, right before that, they were starting to like cut women's events and like there wasn't really like real prize money. And so it was literally the only event where there was like, money involved and it just like it was one of those events where I could like tell my family like hey I'm gonna go to the x games and they like knew what that meant it was kind of like validation to just like the people that are around me that don't really know skateboarding exactly do you get stressed when you're in competitions yeah I mean I kind of just turn into a different person in the sense that I'm just like tunnel vision and like I just turn off so many different things into just like focusing and like only certain things exist in real life at that point 
So you become hyper-focused when you get into competition. Do you enjoy that? Like, even though it's stressful, do you enjoy the aspect of, oh, there's something to win here? I enjoy contests, especially like, I don't know, when you feel like as good as you could feel like after that, it's just kind of like going through the motions and like just letting it all happen. Obviously, you're in control. And so I'm like hyper-focused, but I'm also just like, it's almost like you're on autopilot sometimes. For sure. Makes sense. I feel like that's similar with any sport. You know, you you get into a flow where you're just, you're not even really thinking, you're just doing because you've practiced it so much that, like you said, you're on autopilot. What's the vibe of X Games like? Because I feel like in extreme sports, you're obviously competing. There's medals on the line. There's a first place spot on the line, but it does seem like there's a lot of hyping up of each other because, you know, you pull off a crazy trick or something like that. So is it a camaraderie aspect there? Or are you like, nope, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm focused. I want to win. I want to beat you all. I feel like a lot of the times, like I know all the girls, but like, I feel like with my close friends, it's like, there's a lot of camaraderie and like some of my favorite contests are like when I'm skating with my best friend and she's having a good day. Cause that hypes me up to like push myself even further. And like at that point, like, I don't even care who wins, you know, like it's just, it's just so much fun to just like skate with your buddies and like see everyone just like pushing their all. And a lot of the times at events, if you see someone pushing their own personal limits, I'm stoked for them to win. For sure. Makes sense. I feel like you're kind of on a team, even though you're competing against each other, but you do want to see the people that you are friends with be successful. So, okay. Got to talk to you about the loop. You're the only female to ever skate the loop. And when I first read about this, I thought it was like a trick in the sense of you were doing a 360 in the air, but the loop is a vertical 360 degree loop like you see on roller coasters. It's like a Hot Wheels track. Yeah, and you're going through it on your board. So one... Why is it so difficult and dangerous? I mean, in, once you see it, you're like, okay, that looks very dangerous and very difficult. How did you do that? What made you want to do that? Well, Tony owns his own loop. And he asked me like a while ago, like, he's like, hey, Lizzie, like, would you want to do the loop? And I was just like, so, I don't know. Like when he asked me that, like everything was just like, ah, do I want to do the loop? Is that something you want to do? I mean, I there apparently there's people, they see these things and they want to do them like that. But when I heard about it, I was like, that just sounds crazy. I don't know. I guess I'll think about it. And I pretty much told him like, I just need to see it. And then I'll know if I want to even just attempt it. His response to me was that, well, would the loop people know if they want to do it or not? And I was just like, really? I don't know. <laughs> do you feel like he was pushing you? Do you feel like that response was him being like, no, you got to want this to make it happen? I personally think he's just like going off of experience. Like he's probably the most experienced person with the loop. He's had some of the worst slams on it and he's witnessed a lot of the worst slams on it. So I was like, let me know when you like pull it up. Yeah. So you show up and you just like walk up and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to try it today. So he sends out this Instagram DM and he's like, yeah, like we're putting up the loop. And I was like, I guess I'm going to go. And... He ends up getting this like VR company to like set up a live and there's a crowd. He's announcing with another person and there's a whole bunch of people that are just like there to try it. And it's like the most opposite of ideal situations. There's just a ton of people and things going on. Like there's like 101 things to be distracted by. 
but the day before they set it up and like they allowed everyone to just try it and it had like they threw in all these pads and also they added more pads because there was one person on the previous session that got shot out the loop into the parking lot but they're okay jeez but i was like initially i was like that's scary like i don't, I don't know if i want to do it just because of that but then they got more pads and i was like okay i guess i just have to try it and when i saw in person i was like that thing's crazy like it's 14 feet tall and then the the rolling i think is 16 feet tall so it's big yeah and like you know what it is you have to do but it's just a matter of like l- allowing yourself to do it the night before tony even asked me like have you seen the slams and i was like no i'm not looking up anything like i'm just gonna go there tomorrow and just i'm just gonna do it or whatever or like i'll figure it out so i didn't do like any homework on the thing i was just like trying to figure out how do i stick to the wall and I started just like watching people and like the people that had the technique, I would like look at them and then anyone else that didn't, I was just like, I pretended they just like didn't exist. And there was people like that were freaking out. Like there's like grown men like in line and they're just like reeking with like nerves. And it's so hard to not let that mess you up. Like it's, it's almost yeah. contagious. And so it took like For a sure. lot of mental strength to just be like, this isn't happening. <laughs> So, but you slammed on your first couple of attempts without the pads. Okay. So they finish the event. There's three people that do it that day and then people start leaving. And then probably a little bit after I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go skate it. They're done with all the stuff going on. Yeah. And then Tony pretty much is like, tells everyone like, Lizzie's going to skate the loop. And then they're like, no, we were going to take it down. Like we just want to pack up and go home. And then Tony's like, no, Lizzie's going to skate it. Like she wants to skate the loop. She's going to skate the loop. And pretty much like I start skating and then trying to figure it out. And then basically like Tony had briefed me and then there's people telling me how to do it. And like, you get all this info and you're trying to make your body like do the thing. But you eventually do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm sticking to the wall and I'm getting really far. And in the parking lot, everyone's just like, just kind of like watching. And I remember at one point I was even like, Tony, like I need music. And he like puts on like his phone and then just like blasting music out of his car speakers. And then on the first one, I fall before I even get to the top. Okay. And then on the next one, I like try again. And then I like lean a little too far forward or too far back and I, I don't make it. And then on the next one, I like make it all the way out, but then I fall probably five feet after it. And everyone like runs up to me like, you did it. And I was like, I did it, but like- Not good enough. Like I didn't get a clean landing. Like, does this even count? Like, and then they're like, well, like Tony's like, do you want to keep going? I was like, yeah, I want to do it. And so then I like go back up there and by like the fifth or sixth one, I like make it out and I'm like rolling across the parking lot and it's just, it's done. And then I like (laughs) look back and Tony like threw his phone in the air. I don't know. No one even like filmed it on a real camera. Like it was only like iPhone footage because no way it wasn't like a thing. I Like I was just going there to just do it. Is it the type of thing now that you've done it? You, you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't need to ever do it again. Or you're like, oh no, I, I want to do it again. Cause it was such an accomplishment. It's one of those things. Like if the incentive was there, I could do it again and like rationalize it, but just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like I'm good on that. Like the risk factor so high on it if you just like mess up on it like it will like obliterate you yeah that's one of the reasons why the loop is so infamous is because like there's so many people that have tried it that are amazing skateboarders that it's just like wrecked how do you handle the fear factor of skateboarding like are you a thrill seeker do you feel like that 
pushes you to try more things or does it like add to the sense of accomplishment? I mean, in the case of the loop, at the point whenever I figured out like the technique and I was like starting to figure it out, I was like, okay, like right now I have to decide if I'm willing to take whatever slam that could come out of this. Like I had already just like committed that like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like I might get obliterated if you just make it and like don't like completely fuck up like and just do it. You'll, you'll make it. Makes sense. I don't know. So it's worth it. It's worth the risk. Yeah. But it's also just gauging it. Like, I don't know, like you just kind of have to like, at that point in time, I was like, this is the best time in history to ever do this is like right now because I'm only going to get older and I don't want to have to come back to this thing. Like that's, it was like a huge part of it. It's so, it's so much harder, like the second time to come back to something or like if you're trying a trick or like trying to achieve something, it's like, if you just do it first, go and like fully commit and like give it your all, like that is best case scenario. Yeah, totally. So I want to touch on the Olympics a little bit. You're actually, so you're a dual citizen of Finland and the US and you're going to be representing Finland in Tokyo. What was your initial reaction to skateboarding being included in the Olympics? So I remember like people just talking about it, like even when I first got into skateboarding, but it, it was so far away that I was like, oh, I guess we'll see. Like, and as it gets closer, like it all kind of gets more real. Cause I think in the beginning people were just like, I don't know, just chattering and just saying whatever opinions they have on the Olympics. It's just funny. Cause there's all these people like anti-Olympics. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit, how people are anti-Olympics because they think it's like too mainstream for skateboarding to be part of it? Competition skateboarding and like the Olympics, it will change skateboarding. And I think that it'll put it out there to so many more people that like kind of who wouldn't really be on the radar to. And for anything, like I think it just needs to continue to like grow and like evolve. But skateboarders are so critical. Like skateboarders are the first to like tear themselves each other apart. For as inclusive and like cool as skateboarding is, everyone's really opinionated. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. And there's a good portion of skateboarders that are willing to just like say like, oh yeah, like skateboarding should die before it goes to the Olympics, which wow. I don't necessarily think is the answer. But I, I get I get it in the sense of like skateboarding is like for some people, it's a form of creative expression. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was like so enthralled with it in the first place. And I don't think any of that's going away. I think if anything, it's just going to broaden the audience. And I feel like skateboarding has given so much to me. And like, it's my lifestyle at this point. And to anyone else in the world, if they have access to something like a skateboard and can find meaning in their life through that, like, that's amazing. And even just like the community in skateboarding, like, it's so cool that like you can go to another country and go skate wherever and like find local skaters there and like have a good time and maybe not even be able to talk to them, but have skating as like the way you guys talk to each other. Universal language. Yeah. That's sweet. Do you let people's opinion of the Olympics affect what you're thinking about it? Uh, I mean, are you I've... trying to just be excited and like, be like, Oh, this is going to be a great opportunity for the sport. I feel like I see the worries and stuff, but then in the end, I feel like I just make 
the decision that was best for me personally because skateboarding is so different to each person like their relationship with it it's almost like people's connection to music like everyone has their own tastes and just because your friends like certain types of music doesn't mean that you have to like the same types of music in fact that makes music more cool because there's all these different like ways to go about it and it's continually evolving and in the end I think it's just going to open it up to like hopefully there's going to be more people getting into skating and then like it's just going to diversify and there'll be like just so many other cool things to get into for sure well I know you're going to be competing for Finland but I'd be cheering you on and hope that you get a gold medal because that'd be pretty sweet so to wrap up, we have two repeat questions that we do with everybody. So the first one is, they say, work hard, get lucky. How much of your success is predicated on luck? I feel like in skateboarding, there's definitely a bit of luck, but I want to say luck is kind of just like also believing, like believing that things are going to work out or believing that you're like good enough or it's like a mix of all that. So definitely like luck in that sense. Do you have a number percentage that you could put to it? Hard work versus luck? I want to say in skateboarding, it's like this weird mix. I don't know. Like it's it's usually the people that are like more hardworking that like make it. But then obviously there is like people that are just like phenomenal and like just stupid good. I don't know what the percentage would be though. All right. We won't make you put a number to it. Last question. You've accomplished so much already. You're a trailblazer in this space. Where do you want to go next and how do you keep pushing? I mean, right now, I feel like the Olympics is like the next thing on my list. And then, I don't know, I guess I'll just continue skateboarding even after the Olympics, like nothing's changed. I feel like I just switch gears. And even right now, like, I don't know, I'm still skating, still pushing myself and just taking things as they come. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I feel like I learned so much and I love hearing about you being a trailblazer and just pushing this sport and, you know, representing for females everywhere. So thank you for today. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also don't forget to sign up for the Just Women's Sports newsletter. It's everything you need to see and know in women's sports delivered straight to your inbox. And while you're at it, also throw us a follow on social. It's at Just Women Sports. Our show is co-produced by Just Women Sports and Boom Integrated, a division of John Marshall Media. Big thanks to our executive producers, Haley Rosen, Adrian Glover, and Robin Lai. John Murray and Sydney Shaw do our research. Post-production is by Jen Grossman and Clint Rhodes. Special thanks to Jesse Louie, Sarah Storm, and Haley Kottmeyer. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports Podcast. See you next week.